You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. And it's the film marketing section of the show, Pascal. And this week we're going to be talking about The Evil Dead, which I think is probably one of the scariest films, one of the most horrific and gory films (laughs) ever made. So let's just remind ourselves just how horrible and how gory it actually was by watching the trailer again. Girlfriend, you take care of her. Wow. I mean, the memory doesn't cheat on this occasion, Pascal, does it? The Evil Dead, definitely one of the scariest, most horrible and gory films ever made. What do you think? Well, I was thinking about our listeners. If you're listening to the podcast version, going through that trailer must have been quite harrowing because of the screaming and all the noise. But for me, Uh, We'll talk in a moment about memories and when you first saw it, but this is the ultimate masterclass in indie filmmaking, being so incredibly ingenious with the things we're going to mention in a moment, but also telling the story that actually moves quite fast. You know, they get to the point about the story, and yes, not no concerns given for. Hey, uh, as you, we know, the, um, the the safety and the well-being of the cast and crew, yeah. as well as yeah. obviously the views of the censorship at the time. Yeah, and and 
again, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back. Uh, there was such a lot of con- controversy about this film at the time, wasn't there? And and we're, we're talking about forty years, obviously, since since it was released. And I did have it confused in my head at, uh, uh, when I was thinking back. Did I see the film before the controversy, or did I go to see it because of the controversy? And I'm I'm pretty certain now that I did see it before. It got all the big headlines right. and it got ban- banned and all of those sort of things. And I genuinely saw it at the time just as a horror film that looked like it was a must-see horror film. For me, I saw it probably a few years after its original release. A friend of mine had it on VHS cassette, and I was aware that would be the kind of thing that my parents would not approve of, so I had to wait for them to, <laughs> to go to bed. But yeah, in my head, and in terms of the um, you know the mood of the time, this was alongside the um, driller killer, I spit on your graves and so on. And I think, unfairly so, uh, I don't think it's nowhere near as nasty as uh, the term was used by the UK and French press uh, as it is. It just told a scary story really well with some uh, nice hint to the H.P. Lovecraft world that I knew already because of the uh, role-playing games, going back to that again. Yeah, and again, I, 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 when it was released in the UK, it received an X certificate, right. um, which was now is the equivalent of what we now call the 18 certificate. And I wasn't 18 at the time, <laughs> but I remember actually managing to sneak my way into the cinema <laughs> to see this. There were, back, back in Lytham St. Anne's, they used to have this small cinema. It was called the ABC Cinema. And the lady who was on the um, the counter was actually pretty good at letting people who were sort of 17, 18, 16 and 17 into see X films. So I, I guess she was breaking the law to a certain extent, but I'm not going to hold that against her because I got to see a few films that perhaps I wouldn't have been allowed to see at the time. And I remember going to see this film with one of my first ever girlfriends. And there's a particularly controversial scene in the film involving a tree. Um, it's, it's almost it's, it's a really quite scary tree rape scene. And I remember when this scene happened, the, the girl just shouted out, Oh, I felt that. <laughs> And literally everybody in the who was in the in the rows in front of us turned round to look at us, and it was like, oh my goodness, the spotlight's now on us. And I've never forgotten that, but it was a real shock at the time. Um, but she almost like broke the spell to a certain extent. Mm. And I don't know whether people should we laugh, should we should we give disapproving looks, but it, it so I think it broke the spell at that moment. I mean, you saw it on the on the big screen. I mean, that was scary mm. enough for me watching it uh, in the dark in in our living room on on the small on the small TV screen. And for me, the the one bit that movie gets under your skin. Uh, and I, I know that watching it forty years later, people are going to say it's not that scary anymore. Maybe yeah. not, unless you play the game along. But you can't deny that in terms of what they had available to yeah. them. The storytelling, using camera angles, using movement a lot. I mean, I'd never seen a camera mm. move through the forest to suggest that the, the, the evil spirit who was attacking them was uh, traveling through, through through the forest and through the the, the cabin, the wooden cabin yeah. as well. But uh, for me, the one scene where I thought, this is now scaring me properly, is the very first uh, possession scene where mm. uh, Ash's girlfriend is possessed by the demon. And when they're playing cards, remember that scene vaguely? Yeah, and, yeah. And then suddenly she, she pivots 
pivots and she's been held by um i mean we think sam raimi must have taken woodworking at college because all the <laughs> contraption he built but she's floating in the air with that kind of uh, crooked neck and the voice yeah. has been twisted and she's uh, her eyes have rolled out they're all white and she's talking to the rest of um, the traveling companion i was scared senseless by that <laughs> yeah and and, the, and again another memory for me is when they trap one of the possessed humans oh, yes in in the um in the cellar below and she's pushing up and they've obviously chained the uh the roof the the, the door of the cellar and it's just bang 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 and oh yeah absolutely so pascal do you think i mean it was a low budget film wasn't it obviously do you think the marketing was low budget as well well th- he was officially, but people didn't know that. Now, typically mm. when we do the film marketing uh, segment, Roger and I will research what is available online and, and kind of use memory as well and whatever. But we have, for the first time ever, Roger, a far better source than the internet. We have mm-hmm. the man himself, Bruce Campbell. In his right. book, If Chin Could Kill, he tells a story of the marketing campaign. Ah. And what is interesting, although the book is about his career, and but of course a big chunk of the book is about him being part of the Evil Dead franchise mm-hmm. and the many, many discomfort and frankly physical abuse he suffered to be able to pull <laughs> this off. But when it came to the um, marketing of the film, this will surprise listeners with a 2021-22 mindset, but they were so busy creating the film that they forgot all about the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to then play catch up, and what they did go for is what we, what we want to call between you and I the low to no budget premiere. Mm-hmm. So in in order to secure media coverage, they created to use Bruce Campbell's terms a show within a show, whereby mm-hmm. they would create kind of um, Evil Dead tickets and programs, so you, you could use them as collector items. They would have cassette playing woods and wind sound effects inside the, the theaters. They also had an ambulance outside theaters and the security <laughs> guard suggesting this film is so horrible. Some of you won't be able to make it till the end and will have to be escorted back to the hospital with an ambulance. Of course, all of this is just good, good PR stunt, but it did play off. Yeah, that's a really good idea, isn't it? Putting the ambulance outside. <laughs> it reminds me of a of a, a story I once read about a roller coaster that was uh, that was called the the, the cyclone, um, and it was at the time it was notorious because there was actually a nurse on station at this roller coaster all the time because so many people were passing out when they were riding it and it's the same sort of thing isn't it where we're so convinced that this film is so horrific and so gory <laughs> that you might actually need medical attention that's just incredible yeah absolutely oh, dear so they did that for a while roger until eventually they meet the right person mm. now after extensive networking, they meet a sales agent that may not be known, be known to people, but Irvin Shapiro would be known mm-hmm. to filmmakers. He pretty much is one of the co-founders of the Cannes Film Festival. And once again, using Bruce Campbell's own words, and what followed from this encounter with Irvin Shapiro was a lesson in sales from the Grandmaster. <laughs> I didn't realize they changed the name mm. um, of the film from The Book of the Dead to the evil dead i guess it makes sense because they find the book don't they that's what the, that was what kicks it all off they're they're reading out the uh, the spells and the incantations from the book and that's what resurrects the, the horrible spirits uh, but i didn't realize that the the original title of the film was the book of the dead 
Absolutely. So we know from the against Bruce Campbell's own account, but also what's on the internet, that with the change of the name, they have to change the posters, they have to change the artwork, the trailers, all this financed obviously by Irvin Shapiro with a view of getting his money back from the sale of the Evil Dead. They even did um, merchandise, Roger, um, uh -huh. T-shirts. I didn't know, but of course, these were different times, uh, matchbooks and matchboxes with the Evil Dead artwork on it, hats, pins, brochures, invitations galore. And importantly, they traveled, took the film and themselves to two major events, the American Film Market and the Cannes Film Festival, which for um, all listeners and viewers are the exhibitions and expo trade shows of that industry as you would attend your own shows. And whilst we were there, somebody very important saw the film, and that was what we call The Breakthrough, Roger. Yeah, and of course, that person who saw the film was none other than Stephen King, one of the most prolific and celebrated horror authors of all time. And I guess it was his quote, wasn't it? He saw the film at the Cannes Film Festival and he then said, this is the most ferociously original horror film of the year. And they took that quote and literally put it on everything, the posters and the, all the things that you've um, mentioned so far, the the, uh, the matchboxes and hat pins and everything. And imagine at the time, I mean, that was probably when Stephen King was absolutely on his, ascens his ascension. You know, he was a few years into his, his author journey, had published some of his best novels like The Shining and Salem's Lot and, and Firestarter, uh, etc. So everybody knew who Stephen King was mm. and to get that endorsement i'm sure that must have put lots of bums on cinema seats that's it and and for me whilst you know nowadays we have this unfortunate term of influencer marketing that is a perfect <laughs> yes. example uh, but it's all about putting all the different things in place so for me this idea of a not being afraid to know your limits and asking others so in the case of Irvin Shapiro that you know, Sam Raimi Bruce Campbell's and all the others knew that they didn't know how to sell so well so they listened to him but that breakthrough with Stephen King which was unprompted I mean they didn't even know that he was going to be at the Cannes Film Festival and usually what happens still to this day Roger is what I call the the ripple effect so yeah. once Stephen King wrote that article in the Twilight Zone magazine, then all of them, all the other magazines, radio and TV, then carried that quote, thinking, well, Stephen King must be right. And one magazine in particular, Fangoria, which I used to buy in the in the yes. in the, in the, in the 80s and 90s, uh, Fangoria ran a series of articles, which I think is very, very important. And then the, the result of that was, Roger, that the critics and distributors changed their minds. So yes. what was to them a kind of indie, kind of scary schlock movie that wasn't worthy of their consideration? Now that Stephen King, now that Irvin Shapiro and the others are kind of carrying the, the, the flame, the torch, so to speak, then they changed their minds and they then promoted the movie, which is why actually it's quite hard to pin down when Evil Dead was released because it nearly had a two, three-year kind of distribution uh, ripple effect. Yeah, and, and again, as I said earlier, the memory does cheat. And I'm I'm pretty sure that when I did go to see the film, it was before the big controversy. But I'm sure that as well, it was it had come back to the cinema uh -huh. when I went to see it. So it, it, it had already been released and then it had come back. So again, may, maybe I did see it in amongst all the controversy. I just can't pin down exactly when it was. <laughs> uh, but 
the controversy really carried on for a number of years, especially when the 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 uh, VHS video came out, um, and and it was the film has been banned and is still banned in some countries, and and I'm I'm pretty sure that the VHS cassette that came out was very heavily edited compared to the original cinema. Oh, it would have been in the UK, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it certainly didn't have the aforementioned scary tree scene in it. I I know that that had been either edited out totally or it was edited so much that effectively you couldn't see or tell what was actually happening. Uh, Of course, eventually it was then re-released in its unedited form at a later date, but I do remember being disappointed when the when I hired the uh, VHS cassette from Blockbuster or, or wherever it was um, and thought, oh, they've edited this so much, they've taken out quite a lot of the scary bits. Absolutely. I mean, it remained, however, in the 80s, one, the, one of the, the top-selling uh, video cassette as well as the rental mm. market. For me, uh, the controversy, like I said, is not justified when you compare it to the real nasty videos where the, the directors were there to shock and there was no stories, there was no attempt to... Um, when you look at the filmmaking techniques used by Sam Remy ahead of its time in terms of the angle, in terms of how he used the movement to express emotions and to scare you, it almost yeah. re- arcs back to you and I when we reviewed Joe's. You, know, you don't mm. see the evil spirit for quite some time, but they mm. use sort of storytelling technique to to help you out with uh, having a, a great time. And yeah. m- more importantly, is this idea of the marketing campaign whereby start local, but uh, don't be surprised if then you go global. No, I, I really love the the sort of. Influencer sort of angle here, you know. We we we've been quite disparaging on the show about influencers, and, and for good reasons. But that that breakthrough moment when Stephen King made that 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 comment about this film just changed everything for them. And it's such that is that is how you would like influencer <laughs> marketing to work, isn't it? Mm. it? Rather than some somebody stood on a on a beach in the Caribbean or something like that. This is this is genuine, genuine example of how influencer marketing should be. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Roger, for having a look back at The Evil Dead. And I think we'll be watching this this weekend again. Yeah, it's funny. My wife said to me last night, uh, as she always does, what film are we watching on Thursday night? Because I know we, she knows that we record the show on a Friday. Uh, I said, oh, it's The Evil Dead. I probably don't need to watch it again because I just know I've watched it so many times. But you're absolutely right. Now we've talked about it, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to see if I can dig out. I'm sure I've got the DVD somewhere. Let's have to dig the DVD out of The Evil Dead and give it another watch. So thank you, as always, Pascal, for your companionship and your wisdom and your contributions to the show. It's always good to get together with you as a co-host for Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening and thank you, everybody, for watching. Do please tell us what you think of the current episode. Let us know your comments. Either leave a comment on the YouTube uh, page or talk to us on Twitter. We'd love to get your feedback and let and, and hear what you think about the topics that we've discussed today in the show. So I think that's it, Pascal. Until next time, go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni.
Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. Thank you.